Russell, your great, big, wonderful moose. That's me, all right. Maybe you could see to it that Hard Knocks wins next Saturday. Why not? Bullwinkle, you can't do that. I'm supposed to help ladies in distress. But Chapter 3 says you never throw a game. Well, you read your chapter, I'll read mine. What was that you called me, Missy? A great, big, wonderful schnook. Sounds different this time. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and with me tonight are uh, Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And Stefan Ward-Wheaton. YOLO. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, the inevitable Mr. Roberts uh, on the soundboard. Dr. Robert. <laughs> and he dug up that uh, great clip uh, from the Rocky and Perfect, that Rocky and Bullwinkle show uh, in honor of the passing just shy of her 100th birthday by the legendary, the amazing June Foray, who uh, also was born in Springfield uh, in 1917. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, just... Uh, I, I'm I thought it was for the Russian connection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darling? Really reve- relevant again. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, sh- sure. But what a great voice artist she was. Yeah. You guys were saying all the other... She did Chatty Cathy, you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was the voice of the Chatty Cathy doll. And if you ever saw that... Uh, classic Twilight Zone episode about like, you know, like something like a Chatty Cathy doll, but it was like evil, you know, <laughs> which was like, you know, groundbreaking at the time. Um, she did the voice of that too. It was called uh, Talking Tina, I think. Uh-huh. So. And Granny from Looney Tunes. And Witch Hazel from Looney Tunes. And I think, I th- no, she didn't do Tweety, but she did another one of the voices. I, I, uh, I think it was... Um, Oh, I can't remember who it was. Um, ben and Jerry? No, no, no. I think it was, uh, um, you know, one of the Hanna-Barbera guys. I think it was William Hanna who said, like, you know, properly speaking, you shouldn't call her the female Mel Blanc. You should say Mel Blanc is the male June Foray. Yeah. yeah. So. Times have changed. They have. <laughs> well, but this was back in, like, yeah. the 60s, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Anyway. Um, moving on from... Uh, fond memories of childhood. <laughs> Cartoons and voiceovers. Indeed. <laughs> and tweets, twit, twit, twit. Wait, tweets? Tweets. <laughs> twits, I think, actually. <laughs> twits on, twits making tweets. I'm, you know, like, I bet if you dig around in Bullwinkle somewhere, you'll find something oddly, you know. <laughs> Apropos. Prophetic about, like, tweets and birds and weird messages and things, oh. you know. Another week that we don't want to deal with. Indeed. I'm Indeed. embarrassed by my party. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we drag you in here every week to, <laughs> to, to defend this the indefensible flagellation <laughs> of our the one Republican well, radius y- y- in the western part of the state. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: you don't have to defend the indefensible. I don't defend the indefensible. and and you don't need to. I mean, you know, like what I'm interested in is when you say like is when you have something to say. It's like, oh well, you know, here's the way in which it makes sense, or like, okay. They suck the way they're doing this, but like, you know, but I mean, but yeah, like, um, just for example. Not as an apology, but as an explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> I should just mention, um, we would love to hear from you, uh, as I'm <clears throat> gently reminded. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can get in touch with us via email at civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. And on Twitter, it's at civilpoliticsfm. 
we do also have a website, which is uh, quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. And if you'd like to follow along during the show, if you follow civil, uh, the Twitter or the Facebook, just follow the hashtag civilreferences, and you'll be able to see all the links that we post during the show uh, for... I don't know. What is it called? When you... Source. Sources. 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 <laughs> references. Re- yes. <laughs> Citations. Civil references. <laughs> My goodness. Shut sir. up. <laughs> <laughs> That's oddly civil. So. Words. <sighs> I have the best words. You have the best words. <laughs> and you don't share them with anyone. That's why you say so little. <laughs> oh, man. It's hot. It's hot, yeah. It yeah, yeah. I, my glasses are steaming up. Oh, man, that was hot. Well, you know, you, you get too many attractive people Yeah, you, one you place. should put some butter on that, <laughs> It gets genre. difficult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's usually so cool in here. You got to pay yeah. extra for that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, but Sue, I'm sorry, or Stefan, one of you. Yes. <laughs> well, we uh, hot off the presses, I guess. We can advance with the story. Reince Priebus. The, uh, the guy who sounds, his name sounds like a Toyota car, um, <laughs> has gotten booted off of uh, the chief of staff position in the White House in favor of John mm-hmm. Kelly. This is just an hour and ago. John Kelly's yeah. a general, right? I <laughs> believe he's, Well, he's he, Secretary of Homeland Security, yeah, but I think he's still an active duty general. Yeah. But he certainly was a general. He may have had to resign yeah. his commission to take that job. I'm not sure. Seven years or whatever they need. Well, I mean, I mean, well, I mean you know, Secretary of Defense cannot be a serving officer, but, I mean, many important positions can. National Security Advisor, for example, is a serving general, General McMaster. He's still in uniform. Yeah, he's, mm. he's surround, Trump has surrounded himself by generals and lawyers. He, he, he likes generals. And family. <laughs> generals he likes generals, yeah. Yeah, he does. I mean, I, I, th- I think there, from what I was given to understand from various sources, um, was that Reince Priebus had been kind of considered a weak chief of staff. And I don't know who considered him that. Um, uh, by, you mean by Trump or by others? Uh, I think it was sort of, well, part of also what we're seeing in the Trump White House is, is intensely factional divides. Um, that's not a surprise. I mean, Sue was, has been saying that for like two years now, that like that's <laughs> everything about Trump. That's what he does. That is what he does. Right. Yeah. Play people against each other. Piggy his, versus Lord favor. of the Flies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, well. What's that reference? I forget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Lord of the Flies, as you said. Uh, my, unders- my sense is that this is, this is what sort of the uh, press corps detailed to the White House was saying, and that there was this kind of from Trump on down. Trump, I think, was uh, w- was uh, especially convinced of this, but he had also come under fire from other, you know, Steve Bannon and sort of the more hardcore elements of the I, of the uh, of the White House Council had 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 kind of you you, you mean the more racist crypto fascist Elements, right. Yes. Like the, the more right wing, the alt writers. Well, yeah, Scaramucci yeah. was all over him this week. Yeah, yeah he Scaramucci was horrible was, to him, and he's yeah. horrible to Bannon too. So we'll yeah. see if Bannon is. Well, well, Scaramucci apparently like just hates him viscerally because he wanted to start working for Trump back in January, and Reince Priebus said like, no, no, this guy's a loose cannon. He's a terrible choice. We shouldn't have him on, have him working for you. Well, so. Reince is pretty good at writing the ship, so that's too bad that he's gone because he's a he's pretty fast on his feet. He just does it without. I, Being in the press. I mean, he managed to, to, you know, run the Republican Party pretty well, so he's certainly not an idiot, but just yeah. fundamentally, I, I think calling him a weak chief of staff, I think, I, I just think it's misguided. I mean, like, 
how could you have a strong chief of staff mm. in this White House, in a government that is this disorganized, this confused? Could you? <laughs> yeah. That's, well, I think I We think have guided of... missiles and misguided <laughs> men, to quote Yeah, the actually, there was another ICBM <laughs> this week, right, from North that Korea. That mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, from Pyongyang. But, oh. yeah, I, th- I think you're sort of, uh, you know, hitting the nail on the head with really— in this White House, the traditional, you know, what we would think of as like the West Wing power structure, where the chief of staff is kind of like a, a bit of a whip. Yeah. yeah. It's just not really possible not when you have <laughs> this kind of assortment of personalities, and especially yeah. this kind of personality in the Oval Office. Yeah. Well, because Trump doesn't want to have one person running the show. He wants to be the ringmaster. Divide, yeah, divide and divide up all the factions and yeah. keep them keep him fighting yeah and he so. d- and he certainly doesn't want he, d- he doesn't have any discipline himself so you know how's he gonna possibly uh you know not have it all devolve into chaos well i don't know is john kelly what's your sense of him sue do you I have remember, a sense of yeah when he was yeah, appointed no was idea. sort of a, a you know nothing not like uh, mattis or some of the other ones where they had a long history of sort of positions and things like that he's sort of more of a quiet mm-hmm. general so i don't really know what his well i'm uh, curious if he's going to be a moderating home. influence or if he's going to add to this i don't think there's any such chaos. thing as a moderating <laughs> trump really <laughs> Well, look at what the generals I mean, did you? with the announcement about the transgender ban. They all said, when we get written details of what we're supposed to do, then we'll start to implement it. Yeah. I mean, it was a pushback in a very nice way mm. of... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, arguably, you know, it doesn't say anywhere that Trump can't issue a direct order via Twitter. Um, so... Yeah. But, on the other hand, like, it is... It, it has the, to be implemented somehow, right? right. I, I, it, it is, I think, within the purview of a subordinate to be like, uh, are you sure, sir? I mean, because you just told me via Twitter. I normally get these things, you know, like an official letterhead, you know, kind of thing. Well, they were like, there's a reason why they have, well, yeah, well, there's a reason why they have a format and chain of command and thing like that. So yeah. it's just unreal. I, I'm, this is kind of late news, but did you all follow the issue around when – uh, Mr. 45 was talking about how the wall needs to be transparent. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I saw that briefly. That was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and it was, it was a couple of weeks ago, and I don't, I don't think we talked about it on the show. Actually, um, well, I think what we did I talk about a little bit. I tried to ignore it. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't here, but I basically, I'm like, I think it's a great idea, because here's the thing. We just tell them it's done. Yeah, <laughs> it's clear. Look, yeah. see, it's perfectly what? clear. And we keep it so clean that you'll yeah. never. Yeah. Well, this is the, because it's beautiful, Mr. President. Look, look at that great view you get through it. <laughs> well, I thought that was such an instructive moment because the um, precedent to that remark that he made to the press had been one of his aides talking about a couple, like earlier that day, had been talking about how the funding process for. The wall needs to have transparency. And so it started to it look like Trump heard one word out of that and was transparent. It's like, okay, transparent, right. Yeah, the wall needs to be transparent. Yeah. It's a transparent wall. And he just started. And it's like, well, wh- just, why does it need to be transparent? So almost like, like you the can, Rain Man. When somebody throws 60-pound bale of drugs over it, you can see it coming. But this is like. Well, the, you know, they this have is these. such like. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. It's, it's like. Y- a look into how this mind works, where you, he hears a couple buzzwords and he just combines them in ways that he thinks are 
situationally appropriate. And in that case, this turned out to be, oh, yeah, the wall needs to be clear because people are throwing child-sized sacks of drugs over it and they're going to hit somebody in the head. It's like you couldn't, you couldn't find this on Veep. You know, it's it's too funny for on politics. Veep? Veep, HBO's yeah, yeah, show. It's a great oh, the series great show. with um with uh, the woman from Seinfeld. Yeah, yes, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, it's thank you. Really good um, thing. But any, I, I just thought it was because I am, I'm sure that is exactly. What so happened. he hasn't heard about the pot cannons. We covered that on another show where you they actually know. have the cannons right. that shoot the pot like a mile over the. I don't. The, I don't think he has. No, I guess he hasn't heard about oh, the God, pot I cannons. I hope not. We're going to be having Air Force <laughs> like sorties. He's getting there. money for his wallets in the in the new budget bill. From what I understand, there's for his actually wallets. Wall for wall. his wall. Always wall. Yeah, he's okay. finally going to get some money for uh, his wall if it. You know, if it goes through, assuming the budget bill because the debt you know. ceiling, something's happening with the debt ceiling in September, right? We're out of money again. I think so. Well, yeah. that's Let's be hope fun. something's happening with the debt I, ceiling. Right? I, I think so. So, like, man, maybe we should pivot to Congress. Though, like, there's, <laughs> there's stuff about Trump and the way he's mismanaging things that I just well, poor Jeff Sessions. I don't even care for Jeff Sessions, but I feel badly for him. So I, I well, so like, there's been a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, an uproar about the address he gave to the Boy Scouts Jamboree earlier. Oh, this Trump week. gave, not the Sessions. Trump gave. Yeah, yeah, not Jeff Sessions. The Trump gave. Yeah, because Jeff Sessions is kind of a Boy Scout. I mean, that's nah. sort of. If 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 there's a merit badge in cross burning, yeah, <laughs> he's uh. he's he's nakedly thrilled about like being able to roll back civil rights laws. I mean, he's just well, well, Sessions has oh, Sessions, yeah, he wants to suppress black people's votes. He he's he's Do you have any evidence that he is part of the Klan? No. Then let's roll it back. I agree with that. Uh, that was comic hyperbole. Okay, man. <laughs> okay. That's that is um especially to me that is a very that's very serious offense if you say someone is Cross burning or something like that. that I don't is, think he that has a. He did say yeah. that um, he didn't think the Klan boys were so bad until yeah. he found out they started smoking pot. Yeah, that was which one of the I reasons think why he didn't quote. get a judgeship thirty years ago. Right. Okay, then. Yeah. Um, so he he wasn't he was approving of or at least not disapproving of the Klan, but also you know like he's he, he he's on record uh, for trying to suppress the vote of black people and he's dissolving that uh, advisory body on uh, forensic science practices. And, and he's, he's enhancing civil forfeiture. Enhancing we civil asset yes. forfeiture and, you, and he's insisting the prosecutors seek the maximum penalties in all drug cases and whatnot. I mean, this, you know, like, like he doesn't have to be a member of the Klan to be incredibly racist and he's doing a lot of damage as uh, attorney general. So um, the thing that just struck me, though, is... Um, you look at the way the president is being just horrible to him publicly, you know, castigating him and all these things, which on the one hand, I'm like, I don't care about you saying mean things to Jeff Sessions. You know, I just don't know why well, I'm embarrassed for place. the country and sort of I, for I, the position. I'm, I'm embarrassed for them. And yeah. at that Boy Scout I'm speech, ashamed. he talked about one of the things he talked about was the importance, you know, the Boy Scout oath. A, a scout is brave, you know, loyal, something yeah. or other. I don't remember the whole thing. I just Talk remember. about hypocrisy. Right, exactly. Like, this is a guy who demands loyalty, but he doesn't have any. And the Boy Scouts have just sort of said they're so sorry that that speech took place at their jamboree and they're apologizing for yeah. it. Yeah, so. which isn't, I mean, it isn't their fault. I know, but they mm -hmm. they don't want 
that to be they're not a political body and they don't really want exactly. to be associated with it because they've done so much work to keep their nonprofit status. Yeah, and well, and the, but all I mean, their other you know, ventures. They, it's hardly the first time a president has addressed one of their gatherings. Oh so. no, not at all. It's yeah. it's a tradition. Yeah. You know, that that's part of the offense of this is that it's it's designed to be a sort of lighthearted, you know. Re- relatively nonpartisan affair, and this guy comes yeah. in, you know, just, just talking a, about his bowling game, basically. A, 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 yeah, like an a, like an example of civic piety, right? You know, two years to impeachment. I still make uh, that prediction right sh- after the midterms. I, I, <laughs> do we need to open up another pool like for the election? <laughs> but, well, this is it, the from a political standpoint, this is interesting because Sessions has a lot of pull with the conservative wing the Senate, yeah. of the yeah. not only in the Senate but across I mean he's well regarded on the conservative right wing side of the Republican and he's Party. one of the people who uh, who was an early adopter of Trump and one of the reasons why he he started getting traction in the Republican Party it was right before the was selling him yeah, yeah it was right before the um, convention yeah 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 and and so this I this it shows you the colors of Trump, I think. Yeah, well, it could also array. weaken his appeal to sort of the Tea Party base, I think. Yeah. I don't know what that means electorally or if yeah. it means anything, but... See, I think that failure of the health care bill is the best news that oh, we've yeah. had in a long time because I think it shows my party is really struggling with its identity yeah. and it, the cartel is broken. Yeah, the cartel has been broken up. Whether it was so because what of exactly Trump. is the cartel for those of us who well, you know, are just watching is, from the outside? It's the it's the folks in power that didn't share sort of the views of people, the the you know the the what do you call it the the working people of the Republican Party. Right. It's like the party was going somewhere. The, that the, the party elite, as as they might say. And I would even call, I know what you're saying by elite, but I'll say that particular sect. Okay. <laughs> well, so like who, if if not, if you can't give me specific names, well, like what kind of things well, were they sort pushing? Of like I mean, Ted, like Ted Cruz, who did all that work to win the presidential yeah, election. But, but and nobody had, likes Ted Cruz. Nobody likes Ted Cruz, but he had all the numbers and all the, all the groups behind him, you know, hmm. sort of all the different people that have sort of held on to the party. I think, I'm hoping it's the end of Paul Ryan a little bit. Um, but hmm. the folks yeah. that really don't, I, they obviously don't have a lot of connection with common people. Yeah. And I don't mean that in an elitist way. I mean with people actually, you know, sort of work for a living every day. No, oh, that's true. You sound you sound like a lot of people in the Democratic yeah. Party who I talk to when <laughs> they're talking the, about Democratic uh, Party elites. Yeah, and weren't you saying about the horseshoe where the really yeah. far right is close to the really far left If you when you kind of get out there? I don't there. know if that was me because I have some trouble with the horseshoe theory. I think it's a little but disingenuous. I, I'm talking but about... The rest of us, right? You know, of either party, who work very hard, you know, try to pay their bills, pay their taxes. I mean, I f- I feel like the Republican Party had left that, and mm. I think that to some degree the Democratic Party, although I can't speak to the Democratic Party, and I think this is the end of the cartel. Um, one thing I want to say about the health care bill, I don't know if we're going absolutely, to, yeah. Um, so in the middle of all that, there was an amendment, and the amendment said single payer. It was yeah. introduced by a guy from, I think, Wyoming. Yeah, I think it was. I think a Republican Rainsor. wanted to like call out the uh, Democrats and see where they stood and put their money where their mouth is. Well, it was interesting because none of the, the Democrats, are. nobody believed. You know, part of the problem is nobody had seen the final bill, so they didn't know what they were amending. But it would have been an opportunity, and not mm. a single Democrat voted. They voted present. They didn't actually vote at all. 
That's right. Steve, uh, Steve Danes of yeah. Montana. Yeah. And, and Montana's an interesting state. I mean, they actually are kind of big sky. Yeah. It is. Indiv- yeah. Individual first. So there was a window where, you know, it, it's sort of like such a twisted thing that sort of popped up in the middle. I happened to be watching C-SPAN when it happened. I'm like, whoa. And nobody's voting for it. Nobody trusts anybody. And, you know, there could have there could have been actually a vote on it. Well, this is what I'm yeah. seeing is I looked this up and it, yeah. Time Magazine has a little coverage on it and the dem- most Democratic senators not only didn't they didn't vote against it they sat it out so yeah, the actual present. vote was 57 nothing yeah and actually four Democrats w- uh, went out voted of their no. way to vote against it most of from the you know kind of conservative and Angus King voted against side. it too yeah. yeah yes and yes he did um, yeah. there were seven I think and uh-huh. um, yeah that I I agree I would like. I would like this to be an opportunity where sort of um, Democrats find a way to articulate an alternative vision that isn't simply holding on to the ACA. I see the ACA as a step in it's the right direction. It's a transition set, yeah. But it has a lot of problems. And if Democrats are rhetorically or politically forced into the position of having to defend the ACA and really circle the wagons around it, they're going to own all those problems. And I think especially given the uh, sort of ideological changes that have been happening in in the left-of-center politics where there's more openness to actually exploring what a a genuine public health care option would look like, it's time to at least move in that direction as a policy platform, even if Democrats Absolutely. don't have power to implement it. Yeah. And I can't imagine, uh, there seems to be a lot of resistance, we're talking about yeah. party leads. This yeah. is, when you talk to grassroots Democrats, it's like a settled question. We know where, th- th- you know, yeah. they know where they want to go. It's the party um, leadership that needs to be cajoled and sort of They're nudged. They're afraid. I mean, the fact that not one of them voted yes. They uh, didn't trust the Republicans. They didn't trust the. Well, I don't blame them for not trusting the Republicans. That's obvious. Well, and, what if and you had quite voted sensible. yes? I mean, that's well, <laughs> it wouldn't have gone anywhere. Right. So, so why bother? Why, why engage with Republican nonsense at all? I can see that from an yeah. immediate tactical, but I think the real question is like, okay, great. Um, what? But it was one of the amendments. It was sort no, of. No, but I mean, what, but I mean, like, you know, what are? Well, if you vote, if everyone votes for it and it fails, you can say, "Hey, guess who's holding up single payer? It's those Republicans in Congress." And that we all voted guide. for it. Yeah. If you want single payer, elect more well, Democrats. And that, well, and that's the the thing is, like, they can still say that, like, this is what we want to do. We just didn't want to tack it on to some kind of Republican monstrosity. And they or didn't want to vote no, which is why they voted present or right, right, didn't right. go exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but I, that's a, like like that would have been possibly a moment to signal in some way, which is yeah. fine because politics there is symbolism matters in politics. Yeah. But in terms of the the Democratic Party needs to, um, you know, needs to uh, cut loose from things like money from the insurance companies. You know, see, I think Murkowski and Collins of and Maine that's, that's going to be tough for them. So brave because they for the last two or three weeks have been yeah. saying we're voting mm-hmm. no, we're voting no. Yeah. Did now you, Trump is going after Murkowski. And did you yeah. hear he threatened? The, they got Zinke to call her and say that all the environmental things are going to be put on hold. You know what she did? She took all his nominations, seven of them, and put them on hold because she's on that committee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she slapped them right back. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't care for her particularly, but 
Well, she <laughs> served, she just survived a fairly rough primary challenge. Well, first it was a primary challenge. This guy, Joe Miller, who was running against her in Alaska, ran in the primary, failed to overturn her nomination, and ran as an independent. Yeah. Again, or like a, and last time a third she, party she did a write-in. No, yeah. nobody, no senator's ever been. She actually got in on a write-in for her I last remember. time. Yeah. yeah. Was that in 2010? Uh, I think it was the last one. Yeah. yeah. It was 2000. It was uh, when McCain and Palin and all that was going on. 2008. Yeah, it was 2008. Wow. Yeah, she got in on a write-in because she was not getting No, I remember her doing yeah. that. I was just like, good God, was it that long ago? <laughs> wow. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Paige, it's creeping up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> but anyway, so I think those two women have been incredibly courageous. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're going to pay for it. And I think McCain kind of got all the credit. And I was going to say, but like, what honest... about John McCain? <laughs> well, because he's been getting these, all the credit. These dames, whatever. But John McCain. <laughs> well, and he's everybody's hero. He I, is. I have some issues because... Because I think I think McCain has kind of grandstanded it. <laughs> I think he is what else a does he do? genius at political marketing, and his brand as kind of a moderate maverick doesn't really line up with his actual political activity. Except like for this all. time, he, it, he <laughs> finds he finds strategic moments to break with yeah. the herd. Yeah. But every other at you know <laughs> almost every other time he's right in line. And honestly, I think Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski have both. They've out. suffered the slings and arrows. They so. have, and they have, they have consistently yeah. broken. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. when Susan they have Collins and Olympia Snow back, but when she was in office, I miss her. They actually yeah. cross party lines routinely, not yeah. just when it was politically convenient or when Whenever they got a good the photo issue op out of it. Demanded yeah, it. I remember in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, like they were the people the Democrats were wooing hardest to like right. break and and actually vote for the Affordable Care Act. You know, and they didn't, and they didn't in the end because I imagine the pressure was just too intense. Or they may have decided it wasn't what they really, you know, hard to know what their their internal thinking was. That's true, but I mean, it's a Republican policy, so you'd think Republicans might like it. I don't know. (laughs) Asking for consistency. See, I think business really would enjoy it if if there was single payer because then they wouldn't have to worry. Well, you're a business owner. You know, you wouldn't have to worry. Somebody gets sick. They still have insurance. I would love that. They lose. I would love that because, you know, like put us on a level playing field with the rest of the world. Small independent bookstores don't exactly have the cash to like provide health care. You know, we're not a big enough risk pool or whatever to, yeah. like, provide anything. You need 150,000 lives to be right. a, we, we, so a stable risk pool. We mm-hmm. can't afford that to pay for that for any of our employees. <laughs> we wish we could, but we can't. Not it's the, absurd. But it would it's be great if, if the government would, you know, provide. It, it would be – this is this is the kind of, you know, pie-in-the-sky, butterflies-and-rainbows ideal. It's like – this is where the business community and advocates of the public sector should recognize their common interest. What business person wants to? I mean, I see it in the yeah. company I work for, and yeah. every company. Everyone it's a struggles huge with it. Expense. It you have to basically you have a tiny have a, risk pool that is right. subject to somebody being sick and blowing up everybody's premium in the pool. And yeah. it's just why is that business like pool. An ex- no. and why is why is if the business of America is business, as Calvin Coolidge said. <laughs> Which, you know, I'll throw well, that mumbled. out. Well, mumbled. He was silent. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, he said it very quietly. Um, then why are we making businesses take on this costly and 
really, you know, re- essentially regressive tax. We could do it so much uh, more efficiently. Right. Yeah. Yes, it's, but if we did it efficiently, then all those insurance companies wouldn't get their cuts. Right. Yeah, you let them do the the high-end stuff. You get plain vanilla from the government, and then when you want the specialty stuff or, you know, to be able to be treated in Switzerland, then you buy that insurance from them, just like right. they do in the U.K. So you buy you buy an extra rider premium or you know you you go out to the market and get all the fancy stuff but basic health care should mm. we should all be in the same pool i just you know that you know guys know i believe that i so. think part of the issue is that because we have been without a system of public health care that has a common standard state to state region to region there are so many underserved populations and that's why Obamacare is expensive right but yeah. you, we need All to bring them up to par. The, uh, you know? well, and, and, but it's also why like, there are problems with the exchanges because like, this, the risk pools are still being broken up by state. And when it's a, yeah. a, a sparsely populated, scattered state. Nobody like, wants okay. all those sick people. Yeah. That's the, that's well, the, nobody wants all those sick people. And it's hard to like, you know, you're selling them when county by county. When you've been getting all county. the healthy people, why would you want to add the yeah. sick people? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. But. Well, if you're not getting all the healthy people, it's not even worth it then. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, a national system for a big nation might be, I don't know. Just the, just the risk pool, not the doctors. They don't want to be. I, mean, I don't want them on the, on the public payroll. They're not. That's you know, fine. They don't have to fee be. Fee for service. The more they do, great. Okay. Well, so that's a different model than you guys are talking about. Well, maybe. there's a few different ways to handle it. Well, that's the yeah. single payer model. Single yeah. payer model is the government pays private, as opposed to the UK where they actually everyone's the public. Right. Yeah. But I think it would also so. be possibly smart to set it up so that it's less about fee for service because then it's like, well, we'll just keep doing procedures or whatever, and more about like better outcomes and things like that. Oh, but that. you have to talk people into procedures. People don't want procedures. Yeah. <laughs> No, they Free wanted. market. <laughs> we'll, well talk about that later. Later. All right. <laughs> but uh, I should actually, we should take a short break right now here on Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio. Uh, play some PSAs and station IDs and other announcements. Keep the FCC happy. <laughs> oh, and don't forget, uh, do get in touch with the FCC. Go to their uh, website and, net uh, neutrality. And, and advocate for net neutrality. Go to battleforthenet.org. Not AT&T, because that one's a fake one. Yes, it is, actually. (laughs) Right, so we'll play some messages, and we'll be back shortly. Don't go away. Battleforthenet.com. Battleforthenet.com. Thank you, Stefan. Right, don't go away. We'll be right back. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day, hosted by Lucy and Larry. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Hi, this is Wendy, host of Subculture, a music show featuring new wave, electronic, indie, and funk. Join me Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or tune in from anywhere by visiting our website at valleyfreeradio.org. If you miss Subculture on Fridays, don't worry. You can hear it again from midnight to 2 Sunday mornings. Thank you for supporting Valley Free Radio. 
I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. Reminding you that legally, bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Valley Free Radio is a proud member of Pioneer Valley Local First. Pioneer Valley Local First, encouraging people to think local so they buy and bank local first. Pioneer Valley Local First also works to encourage companies in a friendly way to be socially, locally, and environmentally responsible. Thank you, Pioneer Valley Local First, for your support. Sundays at 10 a.m., WXOJ's radio show, Occupy the Airwaves, has the latest news from the occupation movement, locally, regionally, nationally, and around the planet. Tune in at 103.3 FM or webcasting at www.valleyfreeradio.org. Blogging at occupytheairwaves.wordpress.com. Listeners can call into the show at 413-585-1033. I Heart J-Rock with DJ Sakura is on Saturday mornings at 12 to 2 a.m. on WXOJ LP 103.3 FM in Northampton. And you can stream us on valleyfreeradio.org. I Heart J-Rock will be playing rock music from Japan, uh, J-Rock, J-Pop, and some VK. Uh, if you like that stuff, give my show a listen, please. And also follow me on Twitter at DJ Sakura 666. Thank you. Thank you. And we're back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow, and with me are still Stefan and Susan. YOLO. YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Oloy. I have to be different. I'll say it backwards. Contrarian. You obviously like ours. Ah, that's right. I was going... Nice, nicely done, sir. Olo, yay, Ipsle. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> pig uh, Latin. Oh, lo- we were talking about pigs. Never mind. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sem- out- Semper ubi sububi. <laughs> the genre. The owls are not what they seem. <laughs> Wait, who? Oh, sorry. You were mentioned owls, and I was working in a Twin Peaks reference. I just, I just threw that. <laughs> I think we, we were several different streets coming into this intersection. Oh, yeah. so. What were we talking uh, about? And well, we, it's yet another verbal car crash. <laughs> <laughs> Just another Friday on civil politics. Uh, what a week, though. What yeah, week. we have had a week. But we, we, we have local. Well, we want to pivot to local, but I just, I, like, do we have anything that's actually worth mentioning as sort of the, the, as a final wrap-up on, on, like, so... We're not going to get a repeal and replace of Obamacare. So. Russian Iranian sanctions got through the oh, House yes, and the Senate. Oh yes, that was actually the he hasn't ha- signed them yet, right? He, he well, he, yes, he ha- that's true. He has not, but, but they'll override his veto if he vetoes it. So. Right, even a pocket veto because like like ninety eight to two in the in the yeah. in the Senate. It's good. It's really good. That's a good sign yeah. for our country. I mm. think. Yeah, um, I was reading an interesting piece by Fred Kaplan over at Slate because you know I'm a crazy leftist. Slate guy. Yeah, yeah. but he's uh, he's their political commentator. Uh, and he, he he specializes in things like nuclear disarmament and stuff like that. And um, I just mentioned this because he was predicting that 
uh, Donald Trump would uh, refuse to recertify the Iranian nuclear deal uh, on October 16th because Congress passed the law saying that they have to recertify that Iran is in compliance every 90 days. Oh. And apparently before the last time they did that, which is just a little while ago, um, that uh, the president basically in, a, in an hour-long meeting spent 55 minutes of it complaining that he didn't want to do that. And his advisor saying, but they are in total and complete compliance. They're doing everything they're supposed to down to the last last dot. So we have to, you know, we, we have to say they're doing it because they are. And 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 oh, Trump, this would be interesting. And Trump is mm-hmm. yeah. So like like if he refuses to, if he doesn't do anything, Congress has the possibility of reimposing sanctions, and that arguably could just like blow the deal up. So I I just don't know. And Venezuela and Japan and, and Venezuela North is Korea having elections. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, Japan? What happened to Japan? Oh, they a uh, no no um, confidence vote and the oh I missed oh, that yeah, really? yeah no this is actually Abe, good yeah, in, in the in the diet Shinzo Abe yeah his um, somebody stepped down just to take the blame but it's, Shinzo Abe is the prime minister yeah. for the moment yeah but it was his um, I don't know if it's I'm trying his to find the source right on this, hand but. or it's a woman a young woman who stepped oh, down and took quote, took the blame. So. Fell on her her katana. It, it, <coughs> he's the guy who went to the uh, what is it the Yoshikune shrine, the the one that includes people responsible for massacres and the rape of Nanking and so forth. Yeah, well, he's from. Uh, I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but sort of the uh, issue problematic of Japan's uh, involved past in actions in wartime has been a very. It's been almost a third rail of Japanese politics. Has been for decades, and yeah. he's trying to heal it. I no, he's saying no, make Japan I, great again. Basically, he's, oh okay. He, I think there's there's kind of you, a bit do, of a national. Do you remember sentiment. back in the '80s when Reagan went to Bitburg, Germany, and yes. laid a wreath? Of, oh, people hated that. Yeah, Pat, Pat Buchanan's idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he laid a wreath, at, like including on graves for for people who in the Waffen. John assess. McCain went to Vietnam, and uh, he's a hero for that. You know, over there in in North Vietnam, he went and patched up with some of the MIA stuff. That's, and, that's kind of different. <laughs> yeah, well, he yeah. he was there. I mean, I'm yeah. sure he revisited. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hanoi Hilton, but right. but yeah, people do. I mean, politicians do try and say, "Let's move on." Didn't Obama go to um, Pearl Harbor and and um, I, also yes. on to yes, but uh, this Japan. this this is but the, you remember the uproar when Reagan laid a wreath honoring the SS dead, yeah. you know, like the the Nazi murderer dead. Yeah. So there's a shrine in Japan. I. Th- it's called the Yasukune, I think. I forget exactly the name. Who, were, who created were the war Well, it's basically for yeah. patriotic dead in the, in that great war, and a number of them are guilty of horrible, horrible war things. crimes. Yeah. And so to go and 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 you know pay homage at that at that site, you know, for the Japanese prime minister is it's a big deal. It's an yeah. affront to people in Korea and China who have right. bitter memories of basically having people being murdered and yeah. you know sexually assaulted and all this other stuff by Japanese occupiers. So it's yeah. a big deal. So well and especially now that North Korea is becoming uh increasingly belligerent and <sighs> Japan is probably number 1 on their list after the South Korean government. Um they're in, pretty close right there, right? They yeah, just, and they've just filed a sec- fired a second missile test CBM. about yes. 600 miles towards Japan. Yeah, so that's so yeah. that's so 
it's a very tense situation, certainly. Yeah, in Venezuela, they're, they're trying to overturn their constitution. Trying they're trying to elect mm-hmm. a new representative body, which apparently can, will be supposed to be able to rewrite the constitution. and So and that Nicolas yeah. Maduro can keep his seat. Yeah. yeah, and what's terrible about that is the opposition is going to boycott the vote. And yeah. it's like, don't boycott the vote. Vote against it. Yeah, that's you know, because they basically it's going to pass with whatever vote there is. Well, I think I think the reason they're boycotting is they're saying like the elections will be rigged if we go and vote. It will, you know, when we're seen to be voting, but somehow we lose because the ballot boxes are stuffed. Then I don't know. I mean, it's uh, I'm just pleased that uh, uh, one time college classmate of mine, Leopoldo Lopez, is actually out of out of jail and at, at least at home under house arrest He's, and we sanctioned he was the mayor of caracas for a while and was in prison wow. for like three years we sanctioned 13 um businessmen in venezuela who are helping to undermine democracy we just did that the u.s just did we that. sanctioned them yeah you like, mean we see, see sanctioned could, could mean either attach that, their bank accounts and oh, all that sanctioned stuff. in the negative sense not yeah. gave our approval <laughs> oh no not gave our approval I mean, <laughs> here's the, uh, well like, we have done that in venezuela no no in the past, that's what so. i'm saying yeah. when Hugo Chavez. so i mean it's like sanctioned is one of those verbs that means both it has uh, opposite meanings no they're really yeah. mad they're at us because we should you know yeah. we took their money <laughs> I, i'm so disappointed i have to say i'm, I'm surprised so we did anything along those lines right but, <laughs> but the whole venezuela situation is Come, uh, speaking starting, as a leftist right? is very disappointing because back when Hugo Chavez took power, there was this constellation of intensely right-wing governments across Latin America, and he was one of the first to really break that stranglehold, yeah. and especially coming from sort of an indigenous tradition, they've been shut out of South, especially South American politics, very, you know, for most of the, most of their political existence. Yeah. Um, and it, and... No wonder the Bush administration was immediately backing the idea of a coup. Against oh, absolutely! Yeah. <laughs> Did and you hear what Hugo Chavez? It's the funniest line. He Bush left the podium at the UN, and oh, you yes, said, "I smell of sulfur, brimstone, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a brimstone or something." Yeah, basically said. I shouldn't have laughed, but I actually thought it was, oh, it was hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He he used to he he would sing these like Venezuelan <laughs> pop like uh, folk songs yeah. in at the UN. Yeah. But it's. Yeah. You I mean, know, he was he was he was a he's character. He was trying to feed his people. He was trying to. I I don't want to I don't want to be too singing the praises of Hugo Chavez because yeah. there were problems with his administration oh, and the way he operated. But but Joe Kennedy went would take oil from him yeah. for his people's yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. the Kennedys were at least in well, he business offered fuel with oil to the freezing poor. people in the in the, here in the U.S. northeast of the U.S. So. New England. Yeah. yeah, he was he was pretty smart with his tactics. So. Yeah. Anyway, so, but Venezuela's but, in trouble. But Venezuela's yeah. mismanaged its economy horribly, which is just People like... People starving. Right. So no wonder that everything's falling apart. And, you know, uh, President <sighs> Maduro is responding by clinging to power as opposed to, like, yeah, you know, whatever. Rolling up his sleeves and, and, and taking doing what he can or, or accepting that everybody's blaming him and leaving. Yeah. Yeah, it's... You know, that here in this country, we shut down the uh, number of H-2B visas. It used to be like, right. you if you had one this year, you could get one next year. And then there were 66,000 on top of that. 
and um, there weren't enough visas this year for all the summer resorts and all that stuff. So the Trump H two B. These are the foreign uh, uh, workers. Yeah, and they right. can only stay for six months, and you know they do housekeeping oh, and cooking for and the house for all our domestic staff. Yeah, watch yeah. yeah. out. And they come, they come legally. So it's just I I have to point this out. It's so ironic. So they they realized there weren't enough, and all the businesses are complaining, and so they raised the limit by fifteen thousand, which is really short yeah. and guess what mara largo hotel asked for 70 <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> right after they opened the open yeah. the of limit course. Yeah. yeah because you know emoluments right well and hey you know uh you know you make america great means hire other people from other countries to do those jobs right. yeah yeah hb2 yeah. point they're cons- they're the technical designation is temporary non-agricultural workers so basically, anyone who's not sort of um, not like the IT itinerant folks. migrant labor, but is, so but it could be it could be doing any kind of job. Yeah, well, this is yeah. also the, the you know, part of janitor, the radio host, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, public oh. relations advisor, whatever. Yeah. A lot of them work in well, the, the tech H-1B community. The H one B is the tech people. The H one B is the um, is H one B is a different one. Oh, yeah, okay. these no, are you're H- right. Okay, these are just because they're right. short but year. I'm, they can only. But stay. I mean, you know, they could be working. It could be someone working as a plumber or. You know, or well, like you have I to said, a license to be a plumber. But well, if you get a license, yeah. you know, I don't think you can get one in six months. So, oh yeah, but if you can keep getting one every year, you know, I right. don't know. Yeah. But I mean, there's all kinds of things. You know, tutors. But it's and, a lot of the hotel workers and the the folks that come yeah. in for the tourists. Like P Town's having a terrible time hiring um, hiring folks for the summer because mm. of it. Yeah, in Cape yeah. Cod. Cape Cod. Yeah. So, so before, as since we're kind of coming <laughs> close to the top well, let's of the hour. Let, yeah, let's let's pivot back. I just, you know, I wasn't sure if there was any other thing else we wanted to say about, like, sure, actually, what our Congress had just done, and then we went <laughs> off to Venezuela. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. we got lost and sanctions <laughs> and around the world. Well, which is which is sometimes you get on the wrong plane and you end, up, you know, <laughs> and you're left on the tarmac because you've been fired in a tweet. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, Stefan, twentieth-first century, you problems. you you're our guru on local politics. <laughs> well, so, give us. Well, we'll pick something that you think is worth talking about. Well, we have a few things. Um, first of all, I want to mention in East Hampton. Um, yes, we've there's been kind of there's a lot of political activity on the local level after yeah a period where it was pretty quiet. Uh, you you had uh, Bob Toudsnick, who had been mayor for almost oh. two decades. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean and. And I think since before it was actually like a city or something like that. Uh, yeah, they I think you're right. Around, yeah. Charter. Yeah. yeah, they changed like the charter. late '80s or something. Um, and he, uh, he he left office a couple years ago and was succeeded by like his Karen Kadja, right? Who is the secretary at the yes. time? And now she served, she, I think, two terms. Right, and they do two-year uh, mm-hmm. terms in in East Hampton. So, oh, and I just want to just. Random shout out, but Karen Kadju, uh, hello if you're listening, uh, and she was actually the justice of the peace at my wedding. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're nice. not biased? No, all politics <laughs> at all. <laughs> all politics is local. Yeah, uh, but if you say anything bad about her, I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, I've heard very. No, I have nothing. I've I've heard nothing but good things about her. But yeah, but she is give. She's not running for re-election, so we have two candidates. Nicole LaChapelle, who is a, a longtime resident. She's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. She served uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign in, I think, a couple different respects. And I think she was a delegate to the, you know, so she's, she's pretty tied into the Democratic Party. Then we have uh, Joy Winnie, who is this current serving city councilor for the third ward. 
of East Hampton, which is the one that runs south from the city center along Holyoke Street towards Mount Tom. And actually, um, known to friends of the show, my friend Tom Peake, who uh, came in and spoke a couple uh, a couple months ago about ranked choice voting. Oh, the voting. Yeah, that was oh, really right. good. Okay, yes. That was I, excellent. And yeah, it spoke very well, and it's a great show. You should right, go back I had, and listen I had to, to miss it. that episode. But, yes, uh, unfortunately. He so was is like, wait, why do I know East, this guy, but I don't know this guy? Oh, that's East Hampton is going to rank choice No, I'm just kidding. I will. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe at some point, but yeah. we'll see. But he's taken out papers and filed signatures with the city to run for that city council seat. Huh. So, Tom, if you're listening, good luck, man. I will be supporting you personally, speaking for myself. Do you live in? You don't live. I in don't East live in East Hampton, Hampton, but I'll 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 be oh. offering what support I can. As I a, do live in East Hampton. I'll consider the matter. Okay. <laughs> um, Time for a yard sign. Well, <laughs> maybe I, I I'd actually like to meet the man before I start sure. voting. Do you for live him. in the third ward? I think I live in the first. Oh, okay. Well, well then he may th- go meet you. Uh, then it does. Then it doesn't matter so much. But <laughs> but uh, but I certainly would be interested in having him on the show again to talk about. I East would like. Oh, to he's make not that running for mayor. He's running for city. He's running for, for city, city council. council. In well, Ward Three, sorry. We've been talking about how we should do more focusing on local yeah, politics and having good. local people. Well, and, and also is... we could have Mayor Narkowitz on again because he's up for re-election. He is he? He's running against. We do. Mr. We should have both. Riley. Um, oh well, I suppose we could do that. Yeah, we should, well, yes, good. But uh, he's... <laughs> Not it, that he isn't a friend of the station and hasn't been very supportive. But yes, we do appreciate that. But we do tend to follow the right. equal fairness doctrine, even though it's no longer... You mean, you mean the law? It's Actually, not the law right. anymore. No. It, it got repealed. Really? Unfor- it, that was the... But in, our, um, oh, in yeah. our bylaws, I think we say that we do offer equal time to... I don't remember if that's in our bylaws, but I certainly I think it's a good policy for civil politics. And I think there's a form play, in there. So. Not play favorites. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I don't know uh, uh, Mr. Narkowitz's uh, opponent at all. So He's uh, John Riley. He is uh, the owner of Gabriel Books on Market Street. And oh, is that a used bookstore? I, I think believe it is. Yes. I think it is. Yes, yeah. I've, I've stopped nice. in there a couple times. I, um, I, I guess then I've I've actually met Mr. Riley, but I don't remember him at all. So I don't have an opinion, and I don't live <laughs> in Northampton, anyways. But you know, <laughs> well, one point he made, uh, he is uh, one issue he has broken with the governor on is the city stormwater fee, which has attracted some controversy. I think uh, some residents feel it's an unnecessary a- added tax burden. Uh, but he also made the point that there's Mr. just Mr. Riley not... f- has broken with Governor Baker. Yes. Okay. Uh, or, 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 no, or Mayor, uh, Nar- Mayor Narkowitz. Yeah. But um, I think he also made the point, and this is well taken, that there just aren't enough people running generally. None of Northampton's sitting city councilors are running opposed. They're all running unopposed. That's In unusual. In Northampton. That's unusual. It's... They're just doing such a great job, nobody. <laughs> well, well, and I've met several of them. Yeah. It's your calling. <laughs> I'll sign. You couldn't get any elected dog catcher in this town. Um, well, cat herder maybe, but some, dog catcher now. Somebody what else do you should think do. Of a re- I actually like uh, actually, my what about uh, what, what, what about Timberlake? Forget you, Stefan. Timberlake for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, that's switched allegiances. And I like my city council. She's way more she's interesting wonderful, than me. So I well, would, this is maybe yeah. this is. I mean, we do have a solid. Body of people. Serving they're working in the city hard. Council. I think to a person, they're working very hard. I, so, and you look at it, and it's a pretty tough job. It's a tedious job. Yeah, and there's a small stipend, but yeah. I think you get health insurance, though. That's the big attraction. 
Weren't you just saying oh, yeah. you needed health insurance to me? No, I get it through. I oh, okay. Through I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, um. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm just running for the health insurance. Yeah. Beat, hey, folks. wouldn't be the first person to do yeah. that. I Probably would vote right. for that slogan. <laughs> I would. I'm just running for the health I, insurance. I just, I just <laughs> want dinner. That, that's <laughs> super relatable. Yeah, Hashtag relatable. Yeah. I, it's that, true. I don't cook, so I always if there's a free dinner somewhere, I'm always yeah. there. I used to have so, this. I used to wear around this button in election years that said, "We'll be president for food." <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill Dwight was pretty upfront. He when they were talking about eliminating the um, health benefits for people who are on appointed elected committees. Yeah. He said his family couldn't get along without it, and his wife works full time, but yeah. they don't get any benefits where she is or something. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised by that and he was he was open about it he was saying look here's the problem yeah it's 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 almost like uh we still need to fix problems with our health care and that there are still gaps uh, left by obamacare you're kidding me i i i sorry yeah (laughs) i'll go turn in my democrats card (laughs) well speaking of democrats um that we Governor Baker has attracted a couple uh, gubernatorial hopeful challengers. You better sign that bill quick on the marijuana bill. Well, <laughs> well, he, he has, and actually, maybe that's a good entree. Is the uh, the marijuana law signed today by Charlie Baker after passing the Massachusetts House and oh, Senate? Oh, it did get signed today. The last I heard, mm-hmm. it hadn't, but that's great. I just um, tuned in. I late. believe I that, yeah, that's my understanding. To, I might right? be wrong, yeah. but I know it's imminent. If yeah. um, Six plants per adult, up to twelve. I mean, it's very. It's basically the tax was raised from twelve percent to a maximum of twenty percent, but otherwise they kept most of the provision, most of the um, provisions of the Senate bill, which was very close to what voters passed in the referendum in November. Which they should so, have stayed close to what. Yeah, voters. I, ag- yeah, I agree. I agree. So now we need um, uh, Maura Healy, our Attorney General, and uh, Treasurer Goldberg, and and Baker will appoint members to the advisory body, and that's basically the commission that will regulate this. I, and next July, we've got a year. Next July, the marketplace will open statewide. Okay. So, so Stefan, yes, as like a you know card carrying lefty, you know, <laughs> from uh, you know like uh, like slightly to the to the left of Robespierre sort of right. person, right? You know? Yeah, that's about right. Um, so, as a as a sort of Democrat and so forth, I gotta say. Everything I've been seeing that Charlie Baker's doing is actually seems okay. Like, like, why it's is a Republican it, in a Democratic state? Right. So, like, 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 should I, is that? Am I? He knows where his bread is buttered. Right. But I mean, mm. why not just go Democrat then? Well, this is because well, he you has make a aspirations. Point. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, could be. He's. Uh, I will say. I think Charlie Baker is a very savvy political operative and has played his cards very well. And he's actually a recent poll which I didn't that, see coming. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, he's he's Our the most governor. popular. Yeah, maybe that's it. He's the tallest <laughs> governor, but he's the most popular. He has the highest consistent opinion polls. Really? Something like in the seventies. Yeah. I mean, really? it's very popular. I mean, the scuttlebutt so. I'd heard before he got elected is that he was basically just going to be sort of. Uh, a tool of the people behind Romney, you know, he's sort of going to be like a Romney proxy or Well, whatever. he's being very careful. He's mm-hmm. just, he's going right up the middle. He's I not causing any controversy. Right. And I think now, especially yeah. where he's the Republican Party is folks, so right? reviled, nas- the National yeah. Party in Massachusetts, yeah. that he's veering away from that label as much as he can. But the Democrats are going to try to hold him to that 
the R yeah, and next to his name. Yeah, he came out against something they did, the Republicans nationally. I was surprised he was so vehement, but yeah, I yeah. can't remember. A couple remember. things. I yeah. think one of, one of it was on the immigrant, the issue yes, of, of the immigrant, uh, right. going sanctuary after cities. Sa- yeah. sanctuary oh, and, cities. Oh, well, we've got to wrap up in a minute, but that great ruling by the, by the state judicial, Supreme Judicial Court. Oh, yes. Where they Good basically point. said, like, ordering people... You know, like oh, if, they can't if, detain them, right? If Homeland Security sends a request, it's not an order. Like, like federal orders do take precedent; we have to obey them. But if, uh, but if it's a request, and there's no grounds within state law to hold somebody, then they have to let them go. That's illegal detention to hold mm-hmm. on to them just because the federal government asked them to be held. But the feds could come pick them up. That's part of the well, uh, sure. But I mean, like the thing but is they're they not can, doing that. Well, they can come pick them up while the state's holding them legitimately. But once mm. it's like you know your bail has been posted, charges have been dropped, whatever, you are free to go. Yeah, you the, are free to go. That you are free to go under state law. And that's state. And, if, and the feds aren't Supreme made, Court that just decided right. And that. if there's no criminal proceeding to hold them from from on the federal level, like a warrant, then that's fine. I'm sorry, John. You had something. Uh, listener Leslie Shar, mm-hmm. Shar, yes, uh, mentioned um, uh, Senator um, Senator Brownback, yeah. uh, oh, former senator, former senator, now former governor of Kansas, because he's going to become ambassador, ambassador of religion, re- re- like like religion, re- religious <laughs> rights. Yeah, it's like a new position, not to I the think. Vatican, but to no, the, just like a general at large ambassador for religious freedom, mm. religious ambassador. Yeah, it's just odd he's just you know hanging out it's a thing we should probably talk about more next week because we do have to wrap up and the governor has two democrats running who've taken out papers right yes here in massachusetts seti warren who's the current mayor of newton he's african-american and jay gonzalez who is the former secretary of administration finance for massachusetts under deval patrick he worked on the patrick's campaign neither of them have a very high profile statewide and a lot of the big democratic names like joe kennedy and a couple other people have kind of beggar, you know, said, we're going to pass on this race. So it's clear the Democrats are, I, I think they're kind of hedging well, their bets. It's also 2017. You know, I don't think it's crazy to like, right. wait till 2018 to declare for the November election in 2018. But we do need to wrap up here. So one more thing. Uh, if anybody is interested in just helping out the show and uh, with a new banner and icons for, for us, then it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Web designer, graphic designer, or graphic? De- if graphic you're, if you like Photoshop, <laughs> <laughs> if you can spell photo, I like it. I'm bad at it though. Don't yeah, uh, if yeah. you if you'd like to uh, uh, donate a uh, Facebook and our Twitter banner and and uh, user pics uh, for the for the show, then we would be eternally grateful. We should take some user pics. I've lo- I've lost a little weight. Would we let them pick a topic for the night? Yes. yes. Yeah, we would. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'd talk about their favorite topic, whatever yeah, that is. Whatever that is. Uh, 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 Klingons versus Romulans, clearly. <laughs> so, um, anyway. It we're, is, a, we're out. We're out. <laughs> it is time. Uh, tease me. Don't tease you. Stay tuned for uh, the really great music show, Subculture, coming up in just a couple of minutes. So we really got to go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Subculture's coming up next, uh, and we'll be back next week. Good night. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the pan?